I remember this episode from childhood because, um, like many 10-year-old boys uh, in the year 2000, I was wrestling mad, unlike a lot of those uh, 10-year-old boys. I didn't grow up and still am. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, Billy Gunn was a, a veteran of uh, the WWF, as it was at the time. Probably best known for uh, wrestling under the moniker of Mr. Ass, uh, in which he was obsessed with both his own behind and that of others. Um, and had a legendary theme tune, which we alluded to in the last episode. And yeah, um, Mr. Assman, it was that he loves to kiss him, kick him, shove him. I don't think he said he loved to kiss. I, didn't say he, I don't think he said he loved to kiss. Him. He said he loves. He loves to love him. He loves, loves to love. He loves to love, love loves, a nice ass. Yeah, he loves to pick him, which gross. Um, <laughs> he loves to flaunt them. He loves to watch them. He loves to stick them. Mm. He's going to kick them because he's an ass man. So many asses, so little time. A little tight one can stop me on a dime. What a what a song that is! Um, (laughs) It is it is a tune. It's uh, when just just when when was this? Because I I feel I feel like you wouldn't be able to get away with that now. No, you would not. Uh, This was like this was like 90s. This was when wrestling was really like edgy, Chris. I'm like, yeah, we're going to say bad words. Yeah, it was very basically perfect television for a ten year old boy. Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three preview and pulsating priests review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or at least that's the plan, who knows, the world could end tomorrow, hopefully it won't, but uh, hey, who's... Who cares, really, at this point? Uh, my name is Phil Dean. I'm your host and guide to this delightful journey we've uh, we found ourselves. We're on a bit of a high from our last episode, so hopefully the men joining me for this next one are on a nice little journey with me also. First of all, it's Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. I'm a man and I've joined you. You certainly have. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing too bad. Um, leisurely uh, one. Um, I- I'm usually... Uh, so at least in the uh, remote um, version of this podcast, I'm usually mm-hmm. uh, a beer or two in uh, when we start recording, mm-hmm. um, but not this weekend because I forgot to buy some. Oh, no. So instead, I'm on a cup of tea. So if I'm if I'm less, you know, if I'm a bit, you know, kind of a bit more toned down, a bit more reserved, then that's that's why um, I'm usually joined the inebriati before. Uh, before recording, I've, I've not, I've not yeah. tonight. So, yes, if that level of bounce is is uh, on on the lower end, and you know, you, you just you kind of a bit dull. Then we guess the reason is because uh, you I don't think I'll be wrecked. dull. I think I'll just be a lot more sort of gentle and kind of you know, maybe kind of, yeah, maybe sort of, maybe sort of very sort of gentle kind of easy going bounce. You know, the kind of cup of tea bounce rather than um, yeah, bottle of beer bounce. You know. Okay, well, let's find out uh, what kind of uh, degree of bounce our uh, other guest is. His name is Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. Hello, Graham. How are you doing, fella? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I'm uh, sober, as we're all already aware. I mm-hmm. still don't drink, and I'm having non-alcoholic beer. So uh, my level of bounce is unchanged from previous recordings. Nice. Okay, so you're just going to be just on the same little level, nothing nothing too edgy, nothing too uh, gentle, oh, no. just, just standard. No, no, no. I mean, this podcast... Pre-COVID was entirely fueled by uh, coffee and bacon most of the time. Mm-hmm. It was That's usually true. an 
a non-alcoholic affair, and when it was an alcoholic That's affair, true. we always had to record an apology first, didn't we? So, uh, <laughs> we certainly did. Oh, do so you that... remember? Do you remember the blue room? I do remember the blue room. <laughs> oh, oh god, that was bad. I was. There are yeah, many, many things blue about that room, weren't there? <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of, kind, of, kind of thing. Yeah, this this is the only season that's really missing an episode where we drink too much before we uh, record. So I guess maybe that episode is yet to come. Maybe uh, when uh, you know bans are lifted, everything's kind of rolling out. This vaccine has has uh, been injected to to a lot of us. Uh, then hopefully that'll be a time for celebration. And who knows, we might be on three episodes of time by comes to that you know the speed that we like to record these uh so who knows uh but yeah no it's nice for the two to join us uh join us uh, today because the episode that we are talking about is episode 17 or 15 you know because it's that other one that was in the wrong place at the wrong time uh it's entitled salem's daughter in this episode salem reveals that he has a daughter of several decades old and he's not seen her for a while but she's getting married and he tries to mend the rift uh between them during their wedding now as i said just before um i certainly was on a high from our last episode because it was so heartwarming so jolly so fun to see dick van dyke and you know what i think this episode was a delightful way to uh carry on that i thought this this uh, episode was incredibly silly and just just a whole lot of fun as a wedding should really be uh what do you think of it graham first of all um yeah i, I thought i thought it was a charming episode it's it is one i remember from childhood uh, i think there's one very key reason about that and uh, my uh, the things that i was interested in when i was 10 years old um play very uh, very um uh, crucially into this episode whoa um, whoa whoa you're telling me you're a massive fan of carrying trees i i loved weddings <laughs> and and of them. course, of course, now on the other side, uh, you know, as a man of, of uh, in his in his thirties now, yes. you love cats in human clothes, and of course, that's the that's the real draw to this episode. I think I love cats in human clothes. I love the witching realm having completely um, inscrutable, ridiculous traditions. So yeah, I think this was an episode pretty uh, pretty squarely aimed at me. It was uh, yeah, one I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, and what about you, Chris, as well? Did you think this was just a delightfully silly, just really easy watch, like I thought? Well, I for, for me, personally, it peaked. It peaked early. Uh, I think it was even before the opening credits, and I pray to God that you've picked up on it, Phil. If you haven't, I'm going to be a little bit upset, but I, I'll, I'll make sure our, our listeners know exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, but no. I, 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 I can tell you now, I haven't written a lot about pre-credits so it's okay. probably something you're gonna have to fill us in with <laughs> that that's not a problem i can always fill you cracking um nice. thank you uh but no it was uh it was an interesting episode i i enjoyed aspects and i think i think ultimately it just brings to the forefront the ridiculousness of traditions Yes, um, Salem, obviously we'll discuss this later on, but Salem, during the course of the episode, says it's tradition not to, uh, kind of not to acknowledge the traditions, or um, or sorry, he says it's not tradition to not to question the traditions. Yeah. So uh, In all cultures, one tradition is the same, that you don't question the traditions, that they just <laughs> yeah. are what they are, so uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and I think, yeah, I think this is just really silly. It kind of, for me, uh, you know, particularly when it gets to... Uh, towards the wedding you know things just get crazier and crazier and i think it just i don't think it gets too much i think it's just a steady level of just ridiculousness that we have come to appreciate with anything involved with the uh, with the other realm but uh yeah i thought this was a just a very nice jolly episode where we all we all had a bit of a 
just a, a bit of a good old time. But uh, we will talk about this as we jump right in. And we will be coming to a grinding halt very shortly as I've uh, most likely, I'm about 99% sure, uh, not referenced what Chris believes he has referenced. So uh, so the episode opens I don't, Sabrina. I don't think it was before the credits. I don't think it was before the credits. I think it was somewhere else now. Okay. Shout at me. If it's something I don't mention, I'll think you're mad. Um, but uh, please, yeah, do uh, do interrupt if, if I haven't acknowledged something, please. Okay. Um, so the episode opens on Sabrina answering the closet to the realm's oldest paper boy. Sabrina doesn't tip him money, but tips him in vice. Uh, Sabrina doesn't tip him vice. What tips cocaine? Him... <laughs> <laughs> was that, tips was that him what you were What Miami vice? <laughs> Might have done, yeah. I meant to say, uh, she doesn't tip him in money, but tips him in advice, as yesterday's paper was 52 years late, and another one was just wrapped around a fish, like good old chippy paper. Uh, He then leaves and magics in every paper she's ever missed. Um, so that's all I got for the opening, Chris. Was there anything no, you missed? No, no, I, I, I misspoke. It wasn't, it wasn't the opening. Um, oh. or, or, although, it does bring to question, if he could just magic the newspapers in, why the fuck has he been delivering them? <laughs> Why does someone have to come in and just bring them every yeah. day when they can just poof they're in? Yeah, poof yeah. they're in. Why? Why? Maybe why? they have like. A... And why was he on a bike? I can't answer that. Maybe he had to bike to the to the portal or something. What do you, what do you mean but, bike uh... to the portal? He's magic. He can teleport to the portal. Then again, though, we've. I mean, I know we have seen it before, but you never know. These Spellman girls are always using magic when it comes to refurbing and, you know, changing the way the house is built. They've added rooms in the past. Maybe since the last time we saw it, this closet is just long as fuck. Maybe he's teleported to the back of the closet <laughs> and he has got to pedal to the door because it is, you know, it is a driveway. After all, it is a way people enter the house. So maybe it's just it's been, uh, you know, elongated maybe. I was thinking that maybe uh, the other realm has kind of like a like New Deal America kind of uh, employment um, strategy where like lots of jobs are created that don't actually really need doing just so people have work and have income. Maybe it's that. There are a lot of examples of it, like many of the posi- uh, positions held by British Parliament. Um, yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, maybe that is the case. Um, tell you what the case right now is, is that it comes to the title suite sequence. And as you know, uh, during this season in particular, we have missed the the little gag that like, uh, that used to pop up and kind of make us smirk or cringe or maybe a combination of the both at the start of every episode for the past three seasons. So while it's not here, we've decided to make our own. Uh, this week, it's up to Graham. So Graham, wow us with that title gag, please. Well, she's in a suit. Okay. She's in a, a suit. Okay. Men's suit. Three piece um, or four piece? Uh three. Okay. Um the and tie specific, is... specifically a man's suit. Yes. The tie is slightly what is traditionally associated with being a man's suit. Um the tie is slightly askew. Um she's got a kind of quite tatty looking uh, carnation pinned into it. Yeah, yeah, I've got the picture. Um, I've got the picture, yeah. Yeah. Uh, looks looks like me at my wedding. Yep, her hair's a mess. She's got stubble. Yep, oh, okay. Um, and she's got a um, glass of champagne in one hand and a microphone in the other. A bit like I do now. The microphone, that is not the champagne, as I've yes. said. Yeah, you've got a tea. cup of tea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she says, oh, what a lovely occasion. Even the cake was in tears. Okay. That classic best man speech gag. That would be our yeah. miracle. I I like that. I think that was that was very fun. Um, 
Um, particularly because obviously cakes these days, you know, are in, uh, you know, if only we'd revert back to those times where it was only cakes in tears. Uh, rather than rather people. Than, yes. Not rather people. than communities and people, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's I don't, not... I don't, and also the times when um, you knew what was a cake and what wasn't, because as we found out last year, you never know. Yeah, what, what, what was the example? Um, I think it was just that there was a company that made uh, objects, uh, made cakes which looked very much like actual objects, and then oh, you just put a knife oh, in them and yeah. then they go. Like that. Because like, so, yeah, the, they that... made a lemon cake and it looked like a lemon. Yes, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you were on about, sorry, it officially came to light where, you know, the world had agreed on whether a Jaffa cake is a cake and a biscuit. Oh, that that, no, that, that was that, decided like, like late 90s, wasn't it? Well, I don't know, st- people still debate it. No, think. no, no, no. It was proven in a court of law that a Jaffa cake is a cake. And the, and the final argument that won it was because when a biscuit goes stale, it goes soft. But when a cake goes stale, it goes hard, and a Jaffa cake goes mm. hard when it goes stale. Oh, Therefore, God, it it's a cake. I do remember now there was a lot of um, you know mad things. People weren't sure what was a cake, what was not. People were stabbing yeah. their friends, their family. Was, they weren't sure like, whether they were cakes or not. It was. It was. It horrific. was like it was like invasion of the body snatchers, but with cake. Yeah. <laughs> You just didn't know who, who was who, who you could trust, who was one of them, and who wasn't. I'm trying to think of some cake. Don't otherwise it'll be half baked, mate. Just don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I, actually, I've reminded of of I think my yeah my favourite uh, cake related joke. Okay, um, man goes into uh, a bakery. The bakery is called uh, One Pound or One Dollar, wherever you listen from. Uh, one Pound Cake Shop. He says uh, it comes in. and says, "Hi, how much are all your cakes?" I said, "All my cakes are one pound." And they say, "Why is that one two pound?" And he goes, "Oh, that's Madeira cake." <laughs> uh, do you want to know what my uh, uh, favorite cake-related joke is? Please. What's that? Yeah. Um, what's the fastest dessert in the world? It is meringue. And that is a returning joke on this podcast. <laughs> it was told, I think, in season one. Yes, it was. It was because it's a cracking joke. Yes. It's it a cracking, cracking joke. joke. It's a cracking yeah. joke. It's a classic. So, classic. so Graham, um, I know you're going to be listening to what I'm saying and what Chris is saying, and you know, coming up with with um, with witty remarks to things and observant uh, observations you made in this episode. But please try and think of another cake-related joke by the end of this episode, if you can. I'll, I'll, I'll try. Okay, thanks. Um, I'll, try, I'll, try, I'll, I'll try. I'll try and cut in with one. There we oh, go. Oh, oh. Hey, hey, there we go. Um, that doesn't count. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're in the kitchen now as Sabrina is reading the wedding announcements in the paper. One being the announcement of Laird Prescott marrying Anna Annabelle Saberhagen. Yeah, Salem tries to deny the relation to him, but breaks down seconds later as Annabelle is revealed to be his daughter. He runs off and Sabrina is gobsmacked. And we are two chaps as we learn that Salem is 500 years old. Yes, realm building, Salem Origins building as well. Which means, which means he's... He's a hundred years younger than Zelda and Hilda. Correct. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were about four hundred. Six. Yeah, six hundred, mate. Oh yeah, they're six hundred. Yeah. So he's oh, younger. Sorry, that's what, yes, that's what yeah, I sorry. just said. Sorry, I misheard what you were saying again. What what, what 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 have you got, Phil? What have you got? Have you got cake in your ears? <laughs> <Is that fucking laughs> Does that count? No. 
Does that count? No, that does oh. not count. <laughs> okay, no. I'll, I'll try again. I'll try. I'll try again later. <laughs> okay. um, What'll be interesting to know exactly is you don't actually find out in this episode, but how old exactly Annabelle is and what point in his life that um, you know Salem, um, you know, had his daughter because obviously he's five hundred years old. He's been a cat now for twenty five years. Um, so yeah, so we don't really find out how old Annabelle is, other than they've not spoken for a few decades. I think like fifty years or something. They've not spoken for. I think we like also that. don't know. If she is his only child. That's extremely That's true. very yeah. true. And who her mother is. There's a good gag, though, um, in this scene, where um, Zelda says um, the guilt gives him sleepless nights. That's why he sleeps all day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Generally. Very good cat-related um, gag there. Very yes. nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... so um, you know, so we revealed as well that Hilda and Zelda say they don't like to get involved or pry about anything in Salem's life simply because it's not that they don't care. It's just it's a Saberhagen matter. Therefore, only a Saberhagen can resolve it. So, you know, it's good that they do take a stance on it. Even Hilda, you know, she says, you know, I'm not getting involved in that mess. Her life is obviously already as messy as it can be. Um, so he runs off and Sabrina goes and chases him and finds him uh, in her bedroom. Um, Sabrina doesn't um, want to get too involved, but Salem does spill the beans over the falling out. Uh, it turns out that Annabelle is bitter that he was away so much when she was growing up. After all, he says, collapsing governments isn't something you can do from home. You can now. <laughs> you can uh, yeah, now. I, that's what I said, you can now. Boris you and his chaps now. are doing a pretty good job at it now, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, all, they, all never... it takes is a handful of tweets. That's it, yeah. You know what? Working from home, we've discovered we can do a lot more from home. I've, uh, I've, I've got a biscuit-related joke. Is that admissible? We'll you see. Know, the, the, we'll see. Yeah, the, the, the jury we'll will be okay. out for that one. Let's, oh, okay, uh, okay, okay, then, okay. Why was the biscuit sad? I don't know. Why was the biscuit sad? Because his mum had been away for so long. Yeah, that that's not okay. Yeah, no. No, not allowing that's it. not okay. Oh, Especially no. wafers. Wafers are just the driest thing on earth. <laughs> wafers, Therefore yeah. make me wafers aren't biscuits. It was a bit thin, that joke, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will get one, honestly. Okay. Anyway, okay. moving's gone. Um, nice. There we go, I did one. Uh, Sabrina asks if she can help him, and soon she finds herself at Annabelle's place, asking her if Salem can come to her wedding. Uh, what's very funny as well, that Annabelle has inherited her father's crying, which I think is great fun. A lot more put on, obviously, than, than Nip Bakai doing it, but I, 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 I thought that was quite a fun, fun little gag. The fact it's so put on makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The fact that The fact that this actress has clearly listened to... Him doing that and just replicated like the noise of it. Yeah, probably literally just before they started filming. It's yeah, it's so brilliantly shit, so painfully put on. I think it is very very funny, especially seeing she does it a lot in this in this scene, but also towards the end as well. But uh, yeah, I think a very funny trait because obviously they've recognised that that's a a, a very popular thing. I guess with uh, say very noticeable um, traits with him, which is again, which is very very good use of it. Um, so yeah, she asks if um, uh, if Salem can come to the wedding because he wants to make amends. Uh, Annabelle is tremendously grateful and asks Sabrina to be her maid in honour. So that's what Sabrina's getting prepped for very soon. Obviously, we've just met Annabelle, uh, so would you like to know um, some information about our our guest staff this week? Uh-uh. Muslims like beheadings and paedophile weddings. If I got raped, I would have the baby. And if I didn't want to keep it because I had these horrible nightmares, I would adopt it out. But I think God can turn a bad thing into a good thing. And that if I got raped and a beautiful baby who was innocent was born out of it, that it would be a blessing. Not my words, folks. 
the words of Victoria Jackson. Jesus, what? Who played who who played Annabelle in this episode? What the fuck is she, that? She uh, was in SNL from 1986 to 1992, but that's not important. What is important is that she's an enormous, colossal piece of shit. Wow, really? Holy crap! Yeah. Any other examples? Or, I mean, to be honest, I, we've got enough of a, pa- a picture you've painted I don't there. Think, but I don't... I don't think you want to hear any more. Those are, those are horrifying enough. Uh, suffice oh, to say, she was know. a big figure in the Tea Party movement, if you remember that. Um, yeah. She's been extremely quiet. Not the Boston No, one. not the Boston one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I thought it was. I didn't know where the um, Boston Tea Party was. I just heard of it and was like, I'm just thinking, mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> I was going to say, how old is she? Because that was... <laughs> Well, well, Salem's ago. 500 years old, so she was born at some point, wasn't she? <laughs> the group of right-wing activists that uh, came to the fore during the early years of the Obama presidency who named themselves after the Boston Tea Party Got um, and became part of you know, the Trump movement later on, although she seems to have been fairly quiet during the Trump era because all her horrifying things she said, uh, like pre-2016... But uh, there's no. I've not heard any mention of her having changed her ways. So as far as I know, she's still a massive cock. So wow. uh, there you go. Uh, Enough said. She was kind of funny in this episode, but um, uh, now, now I know. I, uh, but I did. I did. Do we need to I, review the rest of I it. I did keep thinking like you could have got Kimmy Robertson to play this role uh, from Twin Peaks. She has a similar voice and similar comic timing, and is also a nice person. So uh, yeah, there you go. And not a terrible bigot. Yeah. So we join Hilda and Zelda in the clock shop, and despite the angry customers, aboard Hilda has found and read the instruction book for the Lost in Time clock. It also, which is very strange, it comes with an instruction book, because I was led to believe that the Lost in Time clock is a person that's turned into a clock, or did I have I misremembered that? Was that ever said? I don't well, remember that. Oh, no. It was, like, in, yeah, cause it was talk- like episode one or episode two of this season. Yeah, because we talked about it being like Cogsworth or whatever his name is in Routine uh, the yeah. Beast. Or maybe, maybe it's one of those appliances that you can just get general instructions for. Yeah, well, I guess yeah, I guess if it's a cursed item, everyone's going to have the same outcome with it. So it doesn't matter who is the clock. The clock's still going to function the same, I guess, yeah. But what, yeah. what is better than an instruction manual? The answer is an instruction manual shaped like the object that it is a manual for. This is a clock-shaped yes. manual. Brilliant. <laughs> It's 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 a very nice uh, sort of touch of the props there. Just uh, again, it just just makes it seem even though you know you get instruction books in all sorts of shapes and sizes, but I think yeah, it just makes it a bit more daft and a bit more uh, a bit more silly. So uh, in the instruction manual, it turns out it can uh, do well pretty pretty much a couple of cooler things. Uh, it turns out it can answer any question about history, and you can take anything from it at any from any time. And she then invites Zelda to have a go. Well, shouldn't you be helping your customers, she says. Oh, they'll go away. They always do. So, <laughs> back home, and Salem is ecstatic to be forgiven, but he says he can't do any father of the bride stuff because, well, he's a cat. So he asks Sabrina to do the things he can't do. She becomes like his, his number two father of the bride. She begrudgingly accepts. Uh, downstairs, and Hilda and Zelda realise that they both need dates for the wedding because obviously Willard can't come, even though it's... It's always fun to just to put Mr. Craft in somewhere that's just so bizarre and him trying to process. I would have liked to see what he made of the the, um, witch wedding. I was very disappointed. Well, it's not even that. We, we, We know that he could have attended. Yes. And they could have just wiped his memory at the end. Like they always do. Like they always do. It's just like, oh, well, Willard can't come. Why the fuck? 
Cool Cardicum. I think I think it's probably for me what this episode what this episode missed and what we've seen in quite a number of these episodes in this season is people that could have been in it like Mr. Craft are not and they just have like throwaway people, even if it's just to say a couple of lines. They just have these people who just don't have the right sort of um yeah, kind of delivery that that um, that Martin Mull would have brought, and I think yeah, him just being in attendance, even if it was just to look bewildered, or even even if they just put a spell where he was a bit like brain dead for a bit, and he was just like drooling or something, and it was just because she wanted to, him to go with her and stuff, and she tried to explain why he can't remember an entire day. Just just something I think, just Martin Mull being trying trying to trying his hardest to explain where he is and what he's doing is is always funny to me, and I, I did miss him in this episode. But, I mean, when Leif Erikson and Daniel Boone say that they're going to do your show, then I suppose, you know, you've got to make <laughs> every every provision necessary to, uh, to get them <laughs> yeah. in there. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, so, so going on that, um, yeah, because Willard can't come, um, Hilda says that they should try out one of the other features of the clock called Mystery Date. Uh, the ladies state their preferences and then they spin the hands of the clock like, a, you know, a nice little uh, uh, game show. Uh, Zelda wants someone independent, adventurous, and enjoys a walk on the beach. So naturally, all those Viking-esque qualities spawn <laughs> Leif Erikson. And, uh, Graeme, you've got a few facts about the act behind this. It's Leif Erikson third. is that right? <laughs> yes, Leif Erikson III. Uh, um, they live a long time, the Erikson clan, what can I say? Um I don't, know. I, don't have, I don't have anything on the, the Leif Erikson actor. Leif Erikson, of course, is the answer to the question, who discovered America? It's not Columbus. but um, It's Leif Erikson. Yeah. Um, there we go. What? He, what he did was he um, he discovered America and then said, what America needs is mobile phones. And obviously, there we go. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. And then uh, later on, he yeah he sold, sold his business to Sony. And uh, yeah, the rest, as they say, was history. Yeah. Just leaving you two to, to it. Just well, leafing thanks. us to it, you might even say. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that, that was that was a good guy, but not cake related. Is, is that why? Is that why uh, uh, Minnesota's NFL team is called the Vikings? I think that's because the people who settled in Minnesota were generally yeah from that part of the world. Yeah, um, that's yeah. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're right on the uh, Canadian border, so they they are the perfect mix of Canadian and American. They're they're actually quite nice people. And, well, they, they, well they, there's a phrase, Minnesota nice, which means um, that you repress all your bad feelings and you um, pretend to be nice to people and, and then they're horrible about them behind their back. So, uh, Isn't that just being British? That's being British too, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so if if you are from Minnesota, please do get in touch and let us know because it seems it sounds like you've probably got a lot of common like common with us. Yeah. If you are from Minnesota, you know maybe you could come and uh, drop us a line or something, you know. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, that did not sound correct. That Graham. was not okay. Isn't Fargo filmed in Minnesota? It is. It is. Uh, and that's cool. how they talk, isn't it? You know. So. Uh, well, but, not like that, Graham. No. Like, no, no one talks like that. I know. <laughs> but uh, apart from me, just then. <laughs> Uh, so in school, Sabrina is showing. Uh, oh no, she's not showing anything. Uh, in in school, Sabrina is shoving all of her school books into a cramped locker, and the reason being is that she and Harvey now share lockers because it's kind. Harvey says it's like they're kind of living together, which is uh, which is cute. <laughs> so cute. Um, he opens it up, and a bridal magazine falls out. So naturally, Brad jumps at the chance to kind of try and get his mate back, uh, and he plants the idea that Sabrina is planning a wedding for them. Bum, I bum, mean, bum. obviously, obviously not Brad and Harvey. Although you never know where this season's going to go, but still, you know, a, a, a wedding for Sabrina and Harvey back in the shop. And Zelda has sent back sixteen dates because I guess she's not been too specific or obviously very picky. Whereas Hilda is just she's 
takes one look at Daniel Boone and he's like, "Yo, hot, let's go." Um, yeah, Daniel Daniel Swoon. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, there nice. we go. Oh, um, Daniel. You know what? I'm really glad I know how he came about now. It make the it, it makes episode um, whichever one it was make more sense. Yeah, we need to go back and watch yes. that one now. I think. Also, um, <laughs> when you asked me uh, in that episode who Daniel Boone was, and I said he's a, he's like Davy Crockett. What I didn't know is that the mm. entire joke about Daniel Boone when he's first introduced is that people constantly mistake him for Davy Crockett. So uh, yeah, so yeah, there we go. Had, had we known that you were picking up on on the killer gag of this entire episode, Graham. So Zelda says she sent back sixteen dates. Uh, the latest one I think is Copernicus. She says something. Um, obviously, Copernicus knows the world revolves. Um, yeah, I just wish he knew that the world didn't revolve around him, uh, which is a nice little uh, joke there. Um, so she's bit upset she wants to have another go and hilda says no it's my go she just says someone who is outdoorsy i think that's the only um thing she says oh and washes the dishes i think um so uh, she spins the hands and out comes daniel boone who she mistakes for davy crockett as does as you've said graham everyone else um we nip over to the coffee shop which is called what chris uh <laughs> Be- beans to go <laughs> Okay, uh, so uh, so we go to Beans to Go, uh, where Josh is drooling over Sabrina, much to waitress Marnie's dismay. And here we go. This is wait, uh, Marnie uh, is this, again. Is this meant to be the first time we're meeting Marnie as well? Yeah. However, you wouldn't have thought that she's just not introduced. Uh, Josh drops a name at some point, but yeah, it's, otherwise it's just here. She is just being snidey. I suppose nice. she doesn't need an introduction because it does stand to reason that more than two people work at this coffee shop. Yeah, but you kind of want at least some sort of introduction, not just Marnie coming along, making some comments, and then eventually after five minutes, Josh going, oh, stop it, Marnie. You know, Especially since she's not like just an ineff- inoffensive extra. She's not just something, you know, just something for Josh to bounce off conversationally um, when discussing Sabrina. She's a right shit stirrer. Yeah, she is. And, you know, and just saying that, I, f- I feel like she did need some form of introduction because, you know, we got a whole episode dedicated to Ken. And, you know, he's memorable, so maybe Marnie should have been, but... Who uh, the fuck's Ken? Creepy Ken, who went out with Valerie for a bit. What, Drew Carey? No, <laughs> Drew Carey didn't go out with Valerie. Phil, Phil, Chris, Chris has undergone a lot of therapy to forget about Ken. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so Josh is drooling over Sabrina, much to waitress uh, Marnie's dismay. Uh, speaking of dismay, Harvey isn't looking forward to interrogating Sabrina about the bridal magazine he found. And Brad tells him that he's going to have to tell her that he doesn't want to get married and that hearing that, she'll probably want to dump him. So again, I don't like this side of Brad, even though we have seen it before. It's just he just wants Harvey to be his, his mate, really, and he thinks he's lost him. But Harvey's, you know, he's, he's a little social floater. He's not going to leave him. Um, so he plants that again, that seed further firmly pushes it into his brain. Uh, Marnie overhears this and then passes the goth over to Josh. So Josh thinks he's in with a chance again. Uh, we take a brief break to watch Salem take a brief shit for the show's first ever <laughs> toilet scene. Yes! Um, yeah, Salem really enjoyed this moment. First character to say, I need to go poop. And he just goes in his box. And the funniest thing is, I can't tell again if it's a real cat hand puppet hand or just someone with a glove on but they actually reach out of their uh their box to grab a newspaper and i thought that was very very funny yes i yeah i i enjoyed that just just uh, just a brilliant thing of just he's, he's seeing his uh, daughter for the first time in possibly hundreds of years and she happens to show up while he's having a shit that is just <laughs> inherently hilarious so uh... <laughs> 
Um, piece of shit walks... Not Annabelle, sorry, she seems lovely. Um, the, the other woman, redacted. She comes in through... Not that redacted. Um, she comes in through the, the closet and is asking for him. She's like, Daddy, Daddy, and he uh, reads his newspaper. And then he's furiously throwing the... Um, the, the litter tray stuff out of the box, obviously, to quickly um, wipe that arsehole. Uh, so he's just doing it really quickly. It's very, very fun. Uh, quickly wipes and gets into position with real cat Salem being incredibly cute and affectionate. Oh, I mean, you know, if, 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 um, if that cat had read um, this woman's Wikipedia page, he wouldn't have been so uh, affectionate towards her. But uh, yeah. Well, well, no. Think about it. The way I'm thinking about it now is uh, the cat. The cat was thoroughly licking the uh, the redacted woman's face mm-hmm. after coming out of a litter box, therefore spreading shit all over yes. her face. Yes. Yes, and re- and regardless, I mean, cat tongues aren't the most pleasant thing anyway, are they? So, I mean, that would have been quite coarse and unpleasant, probably having your face licked by a cat. So, uh... mm, especially if it's if it's just been very, very, very recently licking bits. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that cat knew yeah. what it was doing. Yeah, yeah, it did. Com- comrade, ca- comrade, cat. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he uh, he quickly wipes, gets into position, and then starts uh, obviously greeting Annabelle, which is a tote to Dorbs. Uh, on the opposite end of a Dorbs, Marnie tells Josh about the rumour she heard about Harvey and Sabrina, obviously about them potentially splitting up, uh, and he decides to pounce at the next opportunity to ask her out. And, oh, there was, I must say, boys, there was a groan here. Just We, we were groaned when we got it out of context two episodes ago of just Josh randomly fancying Sabrina again, but... We had a few episodes of this already, and I believe he firmly came to the decision that they're not right together. Oh, it shucks, I couldn't be with her, but oh well. And the fact that he just he just thinks he's in there immediately after a potential dumping as well. It's, yeah, it it's not help, cool, man. It doesn't help the out-of-sequenceness, I think, that we've got another little extra dose of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I was thinking that. I was like, didn't, didn't he say that he wasn't going to try anymore after... This. But he says that in the episode, which was supposed to have been shown after this, I think. That yeah, that's what that I mean. Might be right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so it's not, it's not. If if it was in the correct order, it'd be okay. Uh, yeah, I reckon so. But I, yeah. I still think that, um, like Phil was saying, like we already had gone over this ground a bit even before, even before these this this these yeah. two episodes. Like it was already well worn ground by then. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it was a bit, it was um, a bit of, you know, like perilous storytelling that just didn't need to exist. We we know there's never going to be a conflict of interest with Sabrina and 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 a boyfriend. So yeah, I think it was just a bit pointless to put it. And of course, it, it made for a fairly decent Valentine's themed episode. But yeah, there was kind of no no real place for it really. I don't think. But again, as you as you said in uh, episodes past, Graham. Um, you know the the age uh, and the the audience for this uh, show when it was originally on uh, would very much have been into this. Mm-hmm. Really, I think. Yeah. So back home, and Sabrina gets a very brief overview of what to expect at an other realm wedding. Uh, the maid of honor, as she is, will carry a tree down the aisle or, or a sapling as they sell it to her. Uh, whilst guests will traditionally gift the couple bags of manure, um, which is again uh, very fun. Um, that's not all, however, as at the venue she's wearing a garish green dress with an like an admiral's hat, Napoleon's seemingly, Napoleon's hat specifically, and seemingly some form of high boot, like a, like a wrestling boot. It turns out to be in the end. Um, she's not shocked by this, however, which says something, uh, but Hilda and Zelda certainly are when they find out she's the maid of honour. 
Uh, we also start to find more um, of the traditions at the, uh, the other realm weddings. Guests traditionally dance and buddy hop to their seats. Uh, the groom arrives in a full suit of armor and Sabrina tries to drag this massive tree uh, into the room. Uh, and as we said, Salem says, it's traditional not to question the traditions. Uh, Leif uh, Erickson straight-facedly bunny hopping through a door. <laughs> very funny very funny well of course yeah it, it's probably the sort of thing vikings did maybe they stepped out into uh the, the new world to discover and that's how they went about it maybe uh yeah no yeah, no think... traditionally that's what would happen a, a viking would uh would um step out of the uh the long boat uh that they'd mm-hmm. been sailing into the nearest uh near the, the next pillaging isle and then yeah. uh they would uh then proceed to bunny hop their way ashore yeah, and the bunny hopping, of course, hopping on the heads of the settlers already there. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And uh, David Hasselhoff will be able to tell you all about that. <laughs> he certainly <laughs> is the foremost expert on Vikings. <laughs> uh And again, we've we've teased it before, but I still think to this day it's my favourite episode we've yes. done. And unfortunately, it's nothing to do with Sabrina. No. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you want to uh, check out our episode all about uh, Baywatch Nights. Uh, we did it uh, between season one and two. Yeah. Uh, very fun, if you want to know what we're on about. Uh, but yeah, this is where the the silliness, the jokes start to kind of pile on top of each other. And like I said, I don't think they get too much. I don't think they get too carried away. It's the perfect um, blend of just, yeah, just pure silliness, yeah. I think. So we have, uh, we have the bunny hopping. We have... Um, the uh, oh the the music I mean I watched it on the DVD I don't know what how you guys watched it but it was was it Rise of the Valkyries it's Ride of Flight of the Valkyries sorry it's uh yeah uh, yeah fight is it fight or ride Sabrina says uh, oh the, this is the music that Brian Boitano puts on the dark skates for which I enjoyed um but yeah and of course they say um where's the tree that needs to be thinking it's just you know a little little like, um, bonsai tree she's got to bring in but bit and, of uh, bit yeah. of Google for fuck's sake it's Ride of the Valkyries Fight of the Valkyries mm-hmm. was a metal festival apparently. Ooh, so shall we? Well, we didn't certainly play that. Did where, where, when we can, can we? Uh, shall we attend Flight of the Valkyries, the metal festival? I think we'd enjoy that. Wait, hang on. Is it metal as in music metal, uh, or is it a metal <laughs> festival as in like Blacksmith? Because I don't <laughs> want to go it, if it's Blacksmith. I'd it, be more interested in going if it was for it, Blacksmith. It's, it's, uh, unfortunately, it was last held in 2018, so I don't know if it'll be coming back. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a time to br- it's a time to bring it back. People have been stuck at home, picking yeah. up new hobbies. Maybe there's a new wave, a new trendy, cool, hip and happening wave storming TikTok with their forgery. Maybe, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. To, to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to um, I wouldn't want to pay for a blacksmith festival. Maybe maybe we could forge a ticket or something and, and go. Ah, uh, nice, yeah, nice, nice. But it's not. I, I don't remember eating a forge oh. cake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're really oh, you're on. really layering it on him, aren't you? <sighs> so Sabrina drags this uh, tree, but of course, um, I-, I guess a night something. Hilda and Zelda say something that kind of we would say in this point, which I think makes it really fun, is that the kind of reminder that she's got magic. She could have magic to the tree and next to her, she didn't have to. She didn't have to. Oh drag yeah, because because that was with the blowing up of the balloon. Yeah. Yeah, the the um the the uh you know the priest you know who's oh, uh, you know the priest or, or Dane. He's from Ghost, isn't he? Yes, thank you. Yes, he is. I thought it was. I did recognise him, but I couldn't for the life of me think of what I've seen him in. But I did recognise him. Uh, yes, uh, yeah, he... Vincent. Fuck's sake, Vincent something. Um, Vincent, Vincent fuck's sake. sake, Jesus! What a what a, what a poor name. That, that that's his name, Vincent. Fuck's sake, Jesus. That's his name. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> there we go. Well, keep it up, sir, Mr. Mr. Fucksake Jesus. He's dead. Um... Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Graham. I, it sounded like you said he had a fun oh, fact, yeah. but um, it, I, I, he, I missed it. He's dead. Um, what would be a fun oh. fact was his name? Vincent Chevelli, that's his name. But yeah, a um, uh. a, a very, very popular um, 80s, 90s movie, that guy, uh, in uh, Tomorrow yeah. Never Dies, and uh, yeah, Ghost, as, as Chris said. Um, Batman Returns, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Cool. Well, a guy you would nice. you would know when you saw him. Very, very distinctive face. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, and you know, and what Chris is saying about the balloon, because again, just to add to the the insane traditions that they have, they have a sacred balloon, which is funny, but I think the actual meaning behind it is actually sweet. It's like the idea is they'll blow up this balloon, and the balloon symbolizes that they will, uh, the bride and groom will love each other with every breath in their body. I would have liked it to have, uh, should have dropped it, and it's kind of like farted all around the room. I think that would have been like Wayne Knight in Space Jam. Yeah, yes, Space yeah. Jam reference. Uh, not cake, I know, but uh, I do like to get them in there. Have we even talked about the groom being in a suit of armor yet? I I, I did I did mention it because it was it was in the uh, in the traditions. But yeah, this is um, oh I forgot his Laird. name. I did notice his name. Laird Laird Prescott. Um, yeah, husband Laird is in a full suit of armor. She says, oh, uh, don't men look so handsome in a full suit of armor?" And it's just this man with a gut, just kind of waving <laughs> very robotically. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's what uh, that's what he's doing there. Now, how how many other realm weddings do you think have been sort of uh, duped by the wrong wrong man in the suit of armor? You can't mm. tell. So 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 they fall in love with someone. Someone's got cold feet, and they're like, "Shit, I can't go through with the wedding." So they just get get the know, get get them Bernie yeah. get get Bernie sort of to dress up in a suit. You've and just... married me instead. <laughs> <laughs> how how many times do you reckon that's happened? I think it's happened a lot. Maybe it's a service. Maybe it's a service you could actually hire somebody to be your like substitute for you at a wedding. Yeah, I'd be an actual knight in shining armor dressing as a knight in shining. Yeah, armor. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure they work freelance. But um, hey, very nice. good medieval weapon based joke there. But again, not a cake based joke. Go on, guys, say it with me. It's not a cake. Let's get that trending. <laughs> We'll, be, we'll, look, we'll look back on this episode like five years from now and be like, ah, yes, that's where Phil's iconic catchphrase, it's not a cake, was born. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be living off the royalties of it's not a cake t-shirts. <laughs> it really is the bunt of the joke. Ah, oh, that's a nice callback, of course, to episode what, two. It certainly is, yeah. <laughs> episode two, yeah. yeah. They take the uh, they take the the sacred balloon. Um, Sabrina, obviously, Hilden's elder say, Sabrina, you can use magic to blow it up. She blows it up, and yeah, it's just a, another part of the, the ceremony, which is nice. Um, she then says, uh, "Oh, great, is that it? it's all finished?" And they say, "Of course, it's all finished." The last thing is the unveiling of the ring, and of course, it's the tra- not a traditional ring, but the other realm traditional ring, as in the form of a wrestling ring. As it turns out, the father of the bride must fight the father of the groom for the right to marry. Being a cat, obviously, it's up to Sabrina to wrestle the one, Billy Gunn. Indeed, uh, yeah. So this is. Uh... I remember this episode from childhood because, um, like many 10-year-old boys uh, in the year 2000, I was wrestling mad, unlike a lot of those uh, 10-year-old boys. I didn't grow up and still am. Um, But, um, (laughs) yeah, uh, Billy Gunn was a a veteran of uh, the WWF, as it was at the time. Um, And uh, probably best known for uh, wrestling under the moniker of Mr. Ass, uh, in which he was obsessed with both his own behind and that of others. 
um, and had a legendary theme tune, which we alluded to in the last episode. And yeah, um, M- Mr. Assman, it was that he loves to kiss him, kick him, shove him. I don't think he said he loved to kiss. I don't think he said he loved to kiss. He said he loves he loves to love him. He loves to love. He loves to love, love loves, a nice ass. Yeah, he loves to pick him, which gross. Um, <laughs> he loves to flaunt them. He loves to watch them. He loves to stick them. Mm. He's going to kick them because he's an ass man. Yeah. So many asses, so little time. A little tight one can stop me on a dime. What a what a song that is. Um, <laughs> it is it is a tune. It's uh, when it, uh, <laughs> just just where where when was this? T- because I I feel I feel like you wouldn't be able to get away with that. No, you would not. Uh, this no. is like nineties. This, like this is when wrestling was really like edgy. Yeah. Chris. I'm like, yeah, we're going to say bad words. Yeah, it was very basically perfect television for a ten year old boy who wanted to be a tiny bit rebellious. Uh, Go to his uh, mates are going. I want to. I want to pick your ass. That's yeah. yeah. He was part of. He was part of a group, Chris, whose catchphrase was "suck it." Put it that way. Um, And uh, what, like, like, like cock? Yeah, like they pointed to their cocks and said "suck it." Yeah. Oh Um, right. So 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 did their cocks come with uh, with an instruction manual then? So you knew what to do when they when they politely requested that you do that. Yeah, maybe maybe they did. Um, Maybe they did. But the man's real name um, is the least intimidating name ever like sounds like a um charles no boris worse monty monty sop is his name though chris monty sop that oh monty sop yeah sop sop Uh, you can't you can't really top that can you as a (laughs) that that sounds like somebody who would have a monocle that would frequently fall out when he was shocked. Yeah, you could see you could see why he didn't choose it for his uh, didn't um, carry it into his wrestling career, can't you? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's Billy Gunn. Um, sort of, uh, you know, again, not not the first or by any means the last uh, wrestler to appear in this uh, in this series. Uh, obviously, we've had um, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash. Um, we've also get China later on. I think we next do, yeah. season. I think next season maybe it couldn't be much later than that because she wouldn't have been in WWF. Yeah, beyond that, so yeah, but yeah, but as as the credit explains, yeah, it's the World Wrestling Federation superstar uh, Billy Gunn uh, in this episode playing um, Xavier the Avenger Prescott uh, there, and it's funny as well because they just say the father bride's got to fight the father of the groom, and yeah, Billy Gunn just stands up and he just tears his tuxedo. He just, off. Yes, he has a tear off suit and wrestling <laughs> gear underneath. It's great. Uh, Harvey heads to the coffee shop uh, to speak with Sabrina, and he's been encouraged by Brad to dump her. Marnie's ears prick up and Joss's prick perks up. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that uh, <laughs> nice. later. Uh, anyway, back to the action uh, where we see uh, Xavier the Avenger Prescott about to cream Sabrina in the ring where she is suplexed and thrown out of the ring. The wrestling sequences in this episode, by the way, yeah. were coordinated by one uh, Jean LaBelle, who was a um, professional wrestler and martial artist who went on to be a massively prolific um Stuntman and stunt coordinator, and he invented the LaBelle Lock, which is also Daniel Bryan's Yes Lock. Um, oh, okay, that's cool. But more interestingly than that, because that's a wrestling nerd fact, more interestingly than that, not to go on about someone who didn't actually appear in the episode too much, but he did play a big part in putting it together. And this story is worth telling because it involves Steven Seagal being uh, utterly <laughs> humiliated, which is. Always, always a good time. Always good. Always fun. If he's not humili- um, humiliating himself as he normally does, um, yeah, and well, right here. This is, this is a bit of both. Uh, they worked on a film together in the early 90s, and Seagal claims, as you may know, that he cannot be choked out due to his yeah. uh, Aikido training. And Jean LaBelle was like, all right, let's put this to the test. 
I reckon I could choke you out. And the Seagal was like, yeah, go on then. Put your, put your arms around my neck, and when I say go, try and choke me. Seagal said go, and he tried to choke him. He didn't succeed in choking him out, but Seagal did shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, it's, I wonder if that scene is like his IMDb. He's he's the man famous for that Steven Seagal shitting himself video that went viral. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think this one made it onto camera. Because um, ah, it, it was on set of a shitty early 90s action film. But um... uh, it definitely was shitty somewhere, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so Zelda, um, Zelda gets really into the violent wrestling match, which I think is very funny because, again, yes. I think characters doing something completely out of their normal um, set of, you know, characteristics, I think is, is just very fun. She's saying, like, kick him, kick, beat him, throw him, ah! And then, like, I think Hil- Hilda, scre- Hilda screams something like, I love weddings, or something like, you know, it's just <laughs> it's great. You can become over-reliant on characters playing against type for comic effect, I think, later on in the sitcom, but Sabrina doesn't do it too much, so... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah it's incredibly that. rare, I think, for these characters to step out of their norm. Um, obviously, unless they're under the a magical spell or something. But I think, yeah, Zelda plays a very, very straight sort of uh, character. And I think, yeah, just screaming and shouting, kick him, kick him, I think is uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very good fun. Um, Sabrina gets the upper hand for a few seconds and is about to beat him uh, until Salem decides to... Oh, no, that. Sabrina gets the upper hand for a few seconds, but she is then about to be beat until Salem decides to step up for his daughter, and he just launches himself into the ring. Um, yeah, this is puppet. No, or... no he, do- he doesn't launch himself. Doesn't it, doesn't Leaf throw him, or does Boone throw him? He gets thrown out at one point, and Boone catches him, and he goes, "Daniel Boone," and then uh, Daniel Boone goes, "No, no, Daniel, Daniel Boone. Boone." Oh, yeah, <laughs> which is funny, <laughs> but um. Uh, but yeah, whatever it is, um, you know, it doesn't matter how he got in the ring, but I think while he's in the ring, I mean, like Billy Gunn, um, he's kind of, I don't know if he's just throwing a cat puppet or a cuddly toy around for him, but I think it's really fun, like him trying to funny. portray getting beaten up by this inanimate object, after all. Um, how, so yeah, how, so many star, how many stars would you give the match, Phil? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll give that in the rating uh, when yeah, we go. Okay, so we'll yeah, do we'll, uh, we'll, we'll magic, end, wit, yeah. creativity, uh, and uh, <laughs> just match quality. Um, but yeah, it's just very funny. Yeah, Billy Gunn rolling around, just pretending that he's getting beaten up by this cat. I said he throws him out. Daniel Boone catches him. Then we get the, I guess, kind of the the, the punchline for the joke of Daniel Boone being mistaken for Davy Crockett, and he's surprised when he is actually recognised to be Daniel Boone. Uh, Billy Gunn then just throws the cap a bit around and Sabrina then ends up getting the pin and winning the match. Billy Gunn then reveals that he lost the match against his other brother-in-law, so he got beat up and now has gypsies for relatives. Yeesh. Bit of anti-traveller prejudice there. Well nice. done, lad. Uh, but yeah, I guess it was I guess it was funny. The audience laughed certainly during yeah. that bit, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's, let's I wouldn't that. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought um gypsies would be a uh a big thing in the other realm. I, would, I mean, they've got they've got. Not saying they're the same thing or anything, but they've got rednecks. Oh they yeah, they've got gypsies. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Don't forget every every other kind of stereotype you've got here in the real world. They've got their own uh, or the exact same in the other realm. Yeah. Obviously, like you said about the rednecks and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so the wedding finally comes to an end, but not without a last little taste of body horror, uh, with the exchanging of not the rings but the ring fingers, um, which again, you might think, well, that's quite fun. It would be nice if we didn't see it, but no, they tear no. each other's fingers off. You know what? 
I'm usually the foremost critic of body horror in this um, this family sitcom. I found it really funny just because it was... I think just everybody's reaction to it, just like... Because it was, I mean, not to belabor the whole cake stuff, but it was the icing on the cake of just the weirdness of the wedding that you think, oh, yeah, we've finally done that. Now now they're finally just going to get... You know, they're finally just going to exchange rings and get married and that'll be that. And yeah, and then they're pulling each other's fingers off. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Brings a whole new meaning to pull my finger. Pull my finger. <laughs> Pull my finger. Now we're married. Yeah, it would, it would been, yeah, they pulled they pulled the groom's finger off, and you just heard ding, just <laughs> just fired in the suit. Um, so they say, yeah, when you pull a finger, Stephen Cigar shits himself somewhere in the world, maybe. Um, but yeah, I think it was just it was very funny, as you said. Like it's it's quite gross, and you it's it's very unexpected. You don't necessarily think one more crazy thing's going to happen, and I think it's the perfect one because it is so bizarre but also so like normal in a magical realm yeah we don't just give out rings we just take each other's fingers uh so yeah so i think that was that was very very funny oh here's one for you that i don't think they've thought through in the other realm if well it puts a stop to um to um is it bigamy when you marry if you more than more than one person yeah yes. so yeah. it puts a stop to bigamy because you can't give her the your, your partner's ring finger you have to give your ring finger so there's no bigamy in the other realm so that's nice that's true but but how how does a divorce go if you want to get a divorce in the other realm right because you found someone that you want to marry but you can't marry them until your your ring finger has been returned there will be some absolute batshit crazy divorcees male and female in the other in the other realm who are just like you ain't getting your finger back bitch It'll be what they'll be is um, the the ring ring finger. They have to give seventy five percent of their ring finger back to the 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 bride, plus a toe or something like that. So they'll get they'll get a small or vice versa. They'll get a small percentage of what they had back. So they'll have like I th- I think they probably give them maybe whole limbs and then uh, they say you know that divorce cost me an arm and a leg. Hey hey, hey! It's not a cake though. Not ca- not cake. And then they, <laughs> yeah, say it with me, guys. It's, it's not, not a cake. A cake. Um, yeah, <laughs> then, you know, they'd be like, "This cost me an arm and a leg," and they'd be like, "Don't worry, I didn't foot the bill." Oh, oh Christ! <laughs> oh dear. Oh, Got to hand, hand it to you, though. Hey, ready, guys? It's not a cake. <laughs> <laughs> I told you that everything can be a cake. We found that out last year. Everything can be a cake. So in my mind, these are all cake jokes because that company has probably made a cake out of all of these objects. I've made several cake jokes this episode. No, you haven't. <laughs> I mean, I'd class it as essential, but when shops are back open, I think I'm going to go to a printing place and just print us off Stop. each a T-shirt that just says, "It's hashtag it's not a cake. And then just just try and invite people to ask me about what it is. It's, it's not good, cake. but it's not cake. It's like, is this the cake or is this not the cake? It's not a cake, Phil. It's not a cake. Watch this space. There'll be a new podcast coming from us. Where it's, it's going to involve called... some. The, the name of it's going to be called "It's Not a Cake." But we, if we team up with that company and have a game show where people have to guess which of things are cakes and not. I reckon that will. You know, we could get a good three episodes out of that, I would say, before it 
for inev- for inevitably got cancelled. That's uh, yeah. Netflix, Netflix will pick it up and they'll renew it before it's even been yeah. on air. So look out for our application, Netflix. You'll you'll next year you'll be watching. It's not okay. Um, <laughs> when it gets cancelled, though, Phil, don't get too cut up about it. Oh, I think we've already we've used already cut used up. it, mate. Oh, so I've still not got my cake. Jeremy. Nope. <laughs> the search continu- the search continues. Don't try and sponge off all the jokes. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> back home, and Zelda says she finally sent her date back and assumes Hilda is doing the same, yet she very quickly decides to ignore the rules and keep him at home, which obviously we know because we've watched the episode already. Uh, meanwhile, across town, Brad, Marnie, and Josh are all convinced that Harvey and Sabrina are going to break up. However, Harvey, being the old sweetheart he is, instead gifts Sabrina a ring. It's not an engagement ring, however, or his own ring finger, because they're both not ready for that. Instead, it's a promise ring to say that someday, at some point in the in the rest of our lives, the two of them will get married, which is very sweet and very nice and very, very Harvey. You know, it, it's nice as well that even though not in a... Um, a proper like standing up to to Brad, who obviously has been egging him on and planting this bad seed in his head. He's not done that. Instead, he's turned it around and gone. You know what? I'm going to ignore what Brad's saying to me because deep down, it's not the right decision right now. But at some point in the future, Sabrina is definitely the girl I want to marry and, and spend the rest yeah. of my life with. So it is nice that we do see that even from you know 17 year old Harvey. It's very sweet. I like cake. I mean, that, that, was, that I mean, was just a yeah, fact. That, yeah. Just a fact. Damn, Say it with me, guys. It's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, anyway, uh, the credits roll and Hilda tells Sabrina that she's keeping Daniel Boone for a bit longer whilst Daniel Boone is shouting at some kids for mistaking him for Davy freaking Crockett, he says. Uh, and then he just agrees that it's probably to do with a hat. So he, yeah, he probably sort of shared or nicked the hat. And uh, yeah, so at least we now know where Daniel Boone, Marnie, and wherever they came from. And well, we still did. don't know where Marnie fucking came from, or where she's gone. She she might be in some of future episodes. She might not. Really. She's not. I know for a fact she isn't. Having having googled her uh, for the last time she appeared, which is the second time she appeared, really. Uh, I know she did only do two episodes. So oh, uh, lit what? So she was sacked between. She was sacked. She was sacked after. Two episodes. She was, okay, so she was so so. This was the first episode she was meant to be in, and then there was the second episode, which was our first episode. Yeah, but she was, yeah. So she must have been sacked for being a catty little shit stirrer, or uh, or or that. she was just hired for two episodes. I thought you were saying that the actress herself was sacked, not realizing that you on about that Josh probably sacked her. Yeah, Josh probably sacked her for you know <laughs> stirring up trouble. Some people might wonder, why are you obsessing over what happened to this minor character in a kid's sitcom? Some people might be thinking, Gatto Life! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That's it, that's it, that's it. Remember guys, it's a cake! It's a cake. <laughs> What a wonderful ending. There we go. That was uh, the end of episode 17 that I think should have been episode 15. Either way, it was called Salem's Daughter. Uh, obviously, said it at the um, <laughs> the start of the episode. I really, I really enjoyed this episode because I think it was just silly. It was delighted. It was an easy to watch. No one took themselves too seriously. The, You know, I do like these episodes where they just kind of derail for a bit but they kind of go with it it's, it was just set in a wedding which is something completely new um to what we've seen so far in the show and we just had a whole bunch of realm building about what the other realm 
does so differently and i i really really enjoyed it um but uh, yeah chaps obviously covering it again um if you i know we were obsessing a lot about cakes but but, but uh, what did you think of the the episode as, as a whole as i say i thought it was a very strong episode i've enjoyed uh, enjoyed the wrestling i enjoyed the um finding out a little more about salem's past um i enjoyed just generally just the the, the wackiness of the wedding but it was kind of wackiness that is the show's brand at this point like it was very very fitting with what we know about the other realm and how 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 they do things it was yeah it was a really good solid sabrinary episode i like it yeah yeah absolutely and and, and chris obviously you're, you're usually the, the more harsher critic of us you you don't like you don't let shit lie you just like bringing stuff up and really tearing it apart so obviously i was quite uh, fond of this episode and thought it was very silly but how how do you think it sort of fell into the grand scheme of things you know did 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 you in particular enjoy how this episode was put together i think i've enjoyed it more so than than previous episodes of this season but to be perfectly honest with you the thing that i've enjoyed most is 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 for graham to try and find a a cake pun throughout this episode (laughs) and then get it in in the last minute this episode is an hour episode accidentally had an arc so um (laughs) does that count for progression (laughs) i've given it five points for progression Yeah, you might you might say this episode had a bit of an Arctic roll to it. No, that was shit, mate. You've ruined it now. I'm, I'm giving it one no. for wit. Um... <laughs> 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 well, speaking of, let's uh, let's summarize this episode because at the end of every episode, we like to score it in um, in a certain amount of criteria. They are magic, wit, creativity, and say it with me, boys. Progression. progression. Uh, and again, you might be thinking, why are they still doing progression? Well, it's just because we, well, we haven't had our G- um, AGM just yet. February, February, guys, February. Just be patient. February, February. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also for this episode, uh, one off, uh, we're going to give it some match quality as oh, well. Course, yes. uh, we're going to channel our inner melts. Um, yeah, Dave Meltzer. Um, but first of all, guys, magic. Just how magical was this episode? Well, considering partway through the episode. Someone had to remind our main character that she could use magic. I'm going to go with not that magical. <laughs> it was a good gag that um, she was grunted and straining and then it was all of a sudden like, could have just done magic. Yeah, you forget Sabrina, obviously, she's she's uh, she's half and half, really. So she's she's trying to do the practical human thing, forgetting that, oh, yeah, I, I can do magic stuff because I'm in the, the other realm. But I think, obviously, half the episode was set in the other realm. We had a, a just a a barrage of just other realm quirks thrown at us so even though there wasn't really magic cast i think the entire environment that the episode but most of uh, what it took place um and the theme that it was you know an other realm magical wedding i think was you know still gives it a great deal of of magic i i would i I wouldn't i wouldn't say great deal i i i'd I'd settle for average i'd go plumb with three because you had the uh, the lost in time clock you did have the sort of magical of the realm wedding but but in terms of magic unless we're going to give points to the the, the fact that again we, we we had a moment where it doesn't make any sense for there to be a fucking paper boy when he could have just magic them in and then he magic them in so i'm gonna i'm I, i'm gonna put my foot down and say three okay, for magic three i i could go with three what about you graham yeah three's fine cool okay yeah so three for magic there but uh what about wit yeah, with this particular episode, I think I think there's it's stronger in terms of creativity, but I still think that creativity does bleed into the wittiness because I think that they the things that they decided to go with, like 
the bunny hopping, the fact that it's not just a small tree she's got to drag in. It's you know it's a big ass tree. I think the fact that she's I, dressed like fucking Napoleon. Yeah, I, th- I think the whole creativity does actually play a large part in how funny this was, and obviously um, Salem just just happening to go for a poo while his daughter was coming to visit i, I think <laughs> i do think even though there wasn't that like that, that's just that's creative <laughs> that was extremely creative as well um, imagine if a cat did a shit <laughs> they do it all the time um <laughs> uh, but i just think yeah i think overall i think it was um as witty's was creative i i would say i'd say four i think for wit personally i'll allow yeah. four yeah four i'd have to rock so yes yeah, cool. cool. So four for wit there. Uh, yeah, about creativity. They had to invent a whole like set of wedding traditions. But they were based on regular wedding traditions. But they had to find a way to wackify... Uh, I guess it was kind of a bit of a wit thing, like turning a ring into a wrestling ring and stuff. I guess that possibly counts under yeah. modern creativity. And, and, and the sapling rather than a bouquet. And I, I think, though, I, I would say because it was... I said, the, uh, fair enough, they were taking our wedding traditions and just turned them on its head as a bit, but they were doing it in a in a completely outrageous way that wasn't just too stupid. Uh, I think, I, I, again, just going off a point, I, I'd say four for creativity, personally. Four will do me. Four for creativity. Um, what about progression? Salem's got a daughter. One. Salem has got a daughter, yeah. Um, we also learned the age, the age of Salem. Yep. Two. Harvey wants to marry Sabrina, for sure. Yeah, that's official. Three. Yeah, that's an an actual progression from their relationship, which we haven't seen for a while. So I'd say yeah, it's good progression for that. Um, three. I, I mean, I think we're pushing it at fucking three air chaps. Yeah, it had no other place in terms of the other general plot points. It had nothing to do with Sabrina, obviously graduating soon, or um, you know, witch hunter. I mean, obviously Brad was in there, kind of laying some more foundations of being. A kind of a villain, not really though. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I think three for progression is um, is is good. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously progression in general, like more other realms of how the other realm deal with weddings. I think that still deserves a a point because it's a, a completely different area that's still a big part of our lives anyway. Uh, you know, just what another realm version looks like. I, I, I'd even say four for progression. Yeah, four, especially especially since you know. Holy got... shit! Really. Yeah, yeah. I, especially since we come under fire for not for expecting too much out of progression, I'd say, I'd say, yeah. Well, we 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 we've just, I got it. We've just given a point for progression because the title of the episode was called Salem's Daughter. <laughs> no, it's because it's fact that we learned that he has a daughter. Not that, not that. Well, we learned it when we learned the title of the fucking episode. <laughs> yes, but the episode establishes that he has one. And 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 any any anything else? Please take up at the AGM. Ernest. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> fuck it. Let let let's give it let's give it a uh, a point for progression yeah, because oh, now we know that okay. Salem does have a fucking litter box. Oh, in the kitchen. it's it's on. Didn't oh, know that it's before. On, did it's on. It's on at the AGM, isn't it? I'm gonna have to break up a fight again. They won't let us have the. We'll give it. We'll give another point that we know that the other realm's got a fucking newspaper. Didn't know that before. That's but progression. But we'll, have, we'll have to get another venue again. <laughs> uh, so and then obviously just as this one-off episode, uh, match quality. What what would you give it out five stars, um, guys, for the the quality of wrestling that we saw? Well, uh, you know, uh, you know, it was good to see you know um, Billy Gunn uh, putting over some young talent in uh, in uh, Sabrina Spellman. Um, I thought Salem's run-in was uh, was was handled very well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I thought, thought, thought all the moves were extremely well executed. I'd, I'd, I'd give it four stars. Okay. I mean, for me personally, as Dave Meltzer, I, the women weren't in shape enough for me in there. Um, they, uh, you know, they, yes. they didn't have any skin showing. Um, so yeah, for and, uh, and, um, yes, and obviously, um, Billy Gunn being beaten up by a cat does expose the business. I will say that. Yeah. But, uh, one out of uh, five simply just because the women didn't turn me on. Uh, that's not me. That's okay. Dave Meltzer there. Um, but yes, <laughs> so uh, ignoring all that. Um, so Chris is the human calculator in sexy form that you are. Um, just total up the scores for us. So we had three for magic, four for wit, four for creativity, and four for progression, which gives us 15 out of 20. Wow. Flipping it. There we go. Yeah. Surely that's not the highest. I don't know. We really... I don't, we, I don't think it is. I think... I think... We say this every time, we should make notes of the scores that we give, and we just don't, so we're always guessing. No, <laughs> no, we've, defi- very good. We've, but, uh... we've definitely scored higher than 15. There's definitely been yeah. a 16 somewhere in there. Possibly. And above average episode, above average mark, I think. Yeah. I think it I think it all works out. I also, Chris, I, I, hope I also that... think what doesn't help is that um, when we started doing the, um, the actual ranking and scale like we are doing now, we didn't really... Um, we didn't really set our own bars. We just sort of made it up as we went along. And now no, we're that, in this that's position. true as well, yeah. We could be like, that was 19 out of 20. Pretty good episode. It's <laughs> not really like... Yeah, we haven't got like, kind of graded what Mark means, what kind of area of... of I, uh, I don't, of I don't think... Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to... There's a, there's a lot of business to the, to discuss at the annual general meeting. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think AQA will be adopting our marking schemes anytime soon. I'm sorry, yeah. We are going to uh, briefly talk about episode 18. Boys, would you like to know what it's called? Uh, yeah, sure. Go on. It's called Dreamer the Mouse. Oh, she's alive. I think I remember this one. This character Dreamer, who was introduced briefly in this episode, she gets turned into a mouse, and um, hopefully it's nothing like when uh, they get turned into a mouse in The Witches, where one of them does get trod on and dies. Hang on a tick. I think I've just remembered something. I'm, I'm like... 83% sure that when a witch hunter calls you out as a witch, you get turned into a mouse. So oh. I think Brad catches Dreamer out, and that's why she becomes a fucking mouse. Okay, oh. that's Chris's um, answer. What about you, Graham? What do you think that's um, about? I've said, well, I, my prediction, but I want it to be wrong, is that it's like the witches. And um, Dreamer's running around trying not to get trod on. Okay, well, let's find out. Episode 18 of season four, it's called Dreamer the Mouse. Dreamer gets trodden on. Oh, no. There we go. You were, you were right. R.I.P. Uh, no. um. <laughs> um, Dreamer uses magic in front of Brad Ayo. and ends up being turned into uh-huh. a mouse. However, However, it comes to light that she can turn back to normal if someone can remove Brad's witch hunting gene from him. Oh, that sounds, Wait, that sounds painful. Whoa, hang <laughs> Angonitic. <laughs> remove a gene. What, are going to do surgery? <laughs> he can remove. I mean, I hope there's actually Wait, someone don't... called Gene inside his body um, and they remove him from it. What, do you think it's um, going to go to like an Osmosis Jones type deal? But yeah, so it just turns out that uh, even though he's a massive threat to witches, this witch hunter, it turns out it, you know, all you need to do is just remove part of his genetic code. Wait, oh, well, if you remove part easy. of someone's genetic code, code or part of genetic code of anything doesn't it sort of fall apart or potentially he's got a very specific pair of genes because he's not always very alert to what's going on when sabrina casts magic near him maybe it's only when he wears a particular oh, pair of off. denim jeans fuck off that's what it's going to be as well 
That's what it's gonna, that's what it's fucking gonna be. They're gonna they're gonna do what Dream is a mouse. They're gonna do uh, knock Brad out. They're gonna do whatever they're gonna do. They're gonna go inside him and they're gonna find a fucking tiny pair of fucking jeans. That's what it's gonna fucking be. <laughs> no, it's, it's not gonna be that. It's not gonna be that. There's gonna be a pair of jeans inside him. I think it's, it's a specific pair of jeans that when he it's wears a specific it, pair of jeans. No, 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 no. no. I'm we- telling you. I'm telling you now. That, that's why he miss. That's why he misses. <laughs> Uh, so much in terms of like which one thing is just not wearing that pair of jeans on that day if if in the next episode brad's witch hunting jean is depicted as a pair of tiny jeans the episode gets zero for creativity creativity okay do we like daisy jukes when you say tiny jeans a pair of jeans that like an action man might wear yeah sure sure maybe smaller than that but a small pair of jeans okay that is the end of episode 17, and I do hope you very much enjoyed it. I certainly have. I'm very much in the mood for cake, and if you are too, let us know. Uh, but yeah, if you do, uh, do just get hashtag it's not a cake trending. You know, we'll, we'll see if we can get that show, um, and we'll uh, we'll find some hosts for it from net, for Netflix soon. Uh, but I myself have been Phil D, and I hope you have enjoyed this episode, and I've been joined by my two closest wonderful companions. They are Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. You're welcome. And thank you very much, Chris Evans. And thank you very much, both of you. And I've already, I already know who's going to host. It's not a cake. Well, well, I, I, I know it's not a cake. Uh, but who, <laughs> who's going to host it? Need someone, ideally with like a cake-based name to be hosting it, or obviously Jenny Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so if you would like to not hear more about um, It's Not A Cake, because we'll probably make our own Twitter account for that and then do nothing with it. Uh, but if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, our podcast, then you certainly can. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. Uh, on Facebook, we are Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Just type us in and look for us. We're, we're there. Say hello. We, we do sometimes. Um, and if you would like to leave a five-star review, that would be awesome. You can just go to wherever you find your podcast and just leave us a lovely review. Uh, and that kind of Brings us to the end of the end of the show, there, guys. Um, I do hope you've enjoyed it. And again, what I've been saying at the end of uh, most of our episodes uh, for the past twelve months or so, nearly. Um, you know, whatever you're doing around this time, please stay safe. Please look after your loved ones. And yeah, we will all get through this together eventually. Um, just you know, wherever you are in the world, just just hang tight. No, no, no. Just just wear a fucking mask. Wear a fucking mask and hang tight. Of course, that's the, that's the idea. But uh, whatever you do, wherever you are, may every little thing you do. Be magic.